0: This is the Conduit Church Teaching Podcast. Thanks for joining us. It's our mission to be a conduit of Jesus to the community in front of us and the world around us, starting with the teaching of His Word. Enjoy the message. One of my dear friends and one of your fellow Conduit Church family members uh, is Flood Masri and his ministry called Crescent Project. All right. Good morning, church. Thank you. Thank you, Darren, for inviting me to speak. We love being here. Just wanna tell you, God is moving among Muslim people. Although today, we'll have more discussion of more than just Muslims. But God is moving among Muslim people. In the last 20 years, more Muslims have become followers of Jesus than the previous 1400 years. God is moving. Amen. We haven't reached critical mass yet. There's more to do, but God is moving. And what's so exciting about this testimony, because it represents what God does in the life of a person. He saved you, he saved me, so we have joy. And even in the sadness, even in the persecution, she saw joy in the... the, in Christ and, 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 and being following him. So this morning, the verse I want to bring up is John chapter 10, verse 10. It starts by saying, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. And Jesus says, If anyone commits sin, he is a slave for sin. But if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. This is when we look at our planet today, we need to understand the times we live in. Then we need to understand as followers of Jesus, what is our mission? If we choose to accept it, what is the mission that Jesus speaks to us this morning? And then how are we going to do it? How are we going to accomplish the mission he gave us? This is the planet we are living in. This is just a brief look at... uh, um, at the Middle East, basically, from Morocco to all the way to Indonesia, the Bible is banned it 's illegal uh, today there 's child brides. A woman can be married at age eight, nine twelve there 's stoning they stone women, and uh, the sad part is they stone them for adultery and i say well where 's the guy right It takes two to tango, right. but in Islam, the women carry the shame and the honor so imagine it 's the 21st century. And people are being stoned. And for us, stoning is a sin. Killing someone um, is a sin. Uh, uh, um, Pride is a sin. And the Bible says that wars come from pride. What you're watching today is not going to be solved just because we write a check. Or, you know, I love America. and When there's a problem, we just send more money at it. You know, let's fix it that way. You know, and you've got to change the heart. A proud person has to humble himself. A hateful person has to ask forgiveness and love their neighbor as yourself. Uh, Jesus says, uh, 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 lying is a sin. Bullying is a sin. Imagine people have iPhones and they use it to bully, to bully each other. What a sad plant we're in. And I, can, I want to tell you more about this because we already started by saying, our pastor said, don't let Twitter be the one who's talking to you. We know we're in a mess. The next slide here is a problem today. There's the way the refugee crisis we're in. 100,000 Afghans are in the United States of America just this year. Today, 82 million refugees, 35 million of them are younger than 18. Imagine you're a 16-year-old young lady, young man, maybe 12, 10. You're in a country, you don't speak the language. And these are the countries they're going to. And it is so sad they. They are not met, and Jesus wants us to meet them. Crescent Project, we are doing this during Ramadan, starts April 2nd. We're asking people to pray for Muslims, but then offer what we call a gift during Ramadan. Just give them a gift. It doesn't have to be a big thing. Just say, hey, just a gift, and the gift is to connect. So you can go to our website, you can download the instructions, and you can just be, give a gift and begin a conversation with your Muslim neighbor. Wouldn't it be great if this year the news media covers that millions of Christians reach out to Muslims in a nice way. And we get blamed for it. (laughs) That we're blamed that somehow we were too nice. We have 86 countries we're reaching out to, and 243 churches just in the U.S. But when you see the problem, that Jesus is telling us what to do next. I was on a flight to Dallas, and uh, I I usually like Southwest because it's like a box of chocolate. You don't know what you get. (laughs) So (laughs) I sat by someone, and uh, the person said their name, and I said, my name is Fawad, and they said, oh, what do you do? I said, I'm an evangelical minister, and they said, oh, great, one of those. (laughs) So I said, I'm sorry, I hope we don't offend you, and no, no, you don't offend me, but you cannot legislate morality. So I responded by saying, so can you legislate Immorality. And I said, what do you mean? I said, morality is a value system. For us believers, we follow the values of Jesus. So for us, there are certain things that we call sin. And I just mentioned to you, lying is a sin. You know, s- stealing is a sin. Uh, uh, sexual immorality is a sin. Sex trafficking. Imagine today in the 21st century, we have, uh, we have sex trafficking. Abortion. And it's and so sad. They use the ultrasound so they can do the abortion Right. So we believe that there is a moral code that's given to us by Jesus. Now, Christ looked at the darkness and he said, You are the light. Jesus gave us a mission. This is his mission. Jesus says, All authority has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. In the Greek, it's pantate ethne, means all ethnic groups. Oh. Baptize in the name of Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey all that I commanded you. And I am with you to the end of the age. This is our mission. God gave us a mission. Before you are an engineer, if you are a follower of Jesus, you are a person who gives the mission, shares the gospel. It just uh, another verse, it says, we are Christ's ambassadors. What does an ambassador do? Represent. doesn't make people a citizen. So you represent Jesus. And I love these commandments because for us, before we are a bus driver, or a student, or a teacher, or a pastor, number one priority for me is, I am supposed to be an ambassador of Jesus. What does Jesus say? I moved to America. My wife is American. And I found out that I was falling into the American trap. The American trap is, I call it the garage door opener. You I drive back, you know. And you just whip in there and close the garage. And our neighbors never know. Our faith, we never reach out to them. So one day I decided to do prayer walking in our neighborhood. Prayer walking is a no-brainer. You just walk and pray. So we used to have a basset hound. I used to think it's a pig disguised as a basset hound. I mean, that dog can run fast when there's food. So we put the... I it out Alicia? We're walking, praying. My next door neighbor, Jamaican, married to a Tanzanian. Never been to either country. Five houses down, a Filipino couple. I've been to the Philippines. Seven houses down, we met a Lebanese couple. I'm talking to them. The lady grew up like five blocks from my house in Beirut. They're coming to our neighborhoods. And Jesus saying, you are my ambassador. You are the one who have this mission. I was sharing with a Muslim uh, student and we're talking to him. I said, look, Jesus came to save us from sin. And he said to me, Fawad, I'm not very bad. I'm not as bad as Osama bin Laden. Thank you, sir. But that's not the standard. (laughs) And it's so sad that we live in people like, well, I'm nicer than this guy. It's not about if you're nicer. Jesus did not come to make us nice. Jesus came to save us from sin because sin enslaves us. Now, many times people say, well, what do you mean by the gospel? You know, we're, we live in an age where What is the gospel? Let me, okay, let's make sure we all have the same terminology. Jesus says, repent and believe in the good news. That's the gospel. It comes from the Greek word Evangelion, which means good news. And somebody said to me, okay, what is the good news for somebody who lost their home is to have a home? Sounds good. What is the good news for someone hungry is to be fed? Sounds good. I said, okay. What's the good news for an American teenager? He goes, what is the good news? I said, to get the new iPhone. And he smiled. I said, that is not the good news that Jesus is talking about. The Jesus talking about is this one. When when the angels appeared to the shepherd, he said, do not be afraid. I bring you what? Good news that will cause great joy for all people today in the town of Bethlehem. A Savior has been born. See, the the message we're bringing is we are all sinners. It does not matter your background. If you were born in a Christian home or not a Christian home. If you were born in any religion, everybody commits sin, is live sin, and Jesus came to save us. We are presenting a message of hope. The way we solve the problems on this earth is by changing the hearts of people. Yes, if you change the individual, you will change society. And one day Jesus said he will return and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Now when we talk about our mission, how are we going to do it? So for me, I'm an extrovert and uh, my sweet wife is an introvert. So when I'm in a room, I want to meet everybody in the room. When I enter an elevator, my wife says to me, honey, in America... When we enter the elevator, we turn around. <laughs> we count the numbers silently. You don't have to talk to everyone. <laughs> Jesus says, come, follow me. And sometimes people follow Jesus like far. I think I can see you, Lord. But for me as an extrovert, I run ahead of Jesus, you know. I want to cheer with everybody, you know. Oh, you know, let's relax, relax, relax. There is a way to do it. So we do. In John chapter 4, we have a story called the Samaritan woman. Many of you have read it. If you haven't read it, please download it on your app right now. Go to the Apple store, to the app, uh, store and download the Bible. But in John chapter 4, Jesus is at a well where he meets a Samaritan woman. And as they start talking, she says to him, I know the Messiah is coming. He will tell us everything. And Jesus says to her, the, uh, said to the woman, I... Uh, Where am I? I heard you. Sorry. Can we jump one slide to the verse? Did I do anything wrong? Oh, okay. We'll start over. (laughs) Thank you. So, John, the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming who's called the Christ. When he comes, he'll proclaim all things to us. And Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Jesus made sure that the conversation does not end without him telling her he is the Savior. However, for people like us, we always say, Well, how are we going to get to that point? Well, in the story, it's beautiful. Jesus was at the well, there was a barrier called the physical barrier, he broke it. When you read the text, he made sure he's at the well at noon. Why? Because the women are not there. It's hot. Nobody bring, comes to draw, draw water. So he made sure they're there. My brother, my sister, Jesus given us an example in that chapter. You gotta break the physical barrier. If God's giving you a burden for your neighborhood, you gotta do some prayer walking. You gotta say hi to your neighbor. If God's not calling you to your neighbor, maybe God has, you have somebody at work who's from another religion, from another country, or maybe somebody in your birth. You have to be there. The second thing he he broke is the religious barrier, the cultural barrier. She told him, Oh, I'm Samaritan, you're Jewish, how dare you talk to me? I I was in uh, Toronto, Canada. I was in a building packed with Pakistanis. I'm talking to the Canadian brother. I said, Hey, do you guys share the gospel with the Pakistani people? He said, No, they cook with garlic and cabbage and (laughs) the what? (laughs) Lebanese, we brush our teeth with garlic. What, What what is that? I mean, is that the problem? Is the problem that they have an accent? Okay, I had to learn more English when I came to America. Okay. But it's it's so it's so sad that we create barriers, cultural, st- social barriers, and the relational barrier. Jesus spoke to her and moved the conversation. When she said, I'm Samaritan, you're Jewish. He didn't say, okay, great, let's leave. No, she said, well, what do you say by that? What do you mean by that? And moved the conversation. So a good example for us is this model. When, whenever you have communication, there's usually a sender. So I'm the sender now. I have a message, and I'll share it with you. Well, I have to put it in English. I can say it in Arabic. You want not understand. So I have to put it in English, and then you decode the message, and then there's feedback. So when I tell a joke and you don't laugh, then I say, oh, they didn't get it. But if you laugh, like, oh, good, I made, made sense. So with Christ, the message of the sender, message of Jesus, is at a different level than the receiver. See, what Christ did is he said, I will send a message one. What was the message one? Give me water. Maybe you're sitting with a refugee family. I was in California two weeks ago. We went to this building where the church partners there gave tricycles. We're standing there talking to the moms. Are you okay? Some of them were there for three weeks, did not even know where to go shop. They were going to the candy machine. Imagine three weeks, everybody's eating Snickers and whatever you call that stuff. The feedback moves the conversation. So Christ moves the conversation by asking questions. Many times people say, well, when do we know we have to share the gospel? It depends. If I'm talking to a Muslim friend and he says to me, Hey, faad we have this problem. Can you pray for us? Uh, uh, we were in Torrance, California two weeks ago. They, uh, some of our team went to an Afghan family. Before they left, they said, please, would you pray a blessing on us? And they said, why? We're Christians. They said, oh, no, we believe that God answers the prayer of Christians. <laughs> oh, Jesus was there before them. So these Muslim families asking for Christians to pray for them because they believe God answers the prayer. So you, you and I, when we start meeting someone, keep the conversation going. It could be a question, could be a, an answering something for them. Because the goal is the Messiah, Jesus. But you want to start. And many times, I, I shared this in the first uh, Uh, service is many times I think well I'm the first guy they're gonna meeting and you find out no God's already been there before we started online ministry outreach for Crescent project last year alone we had 41,000 hours of conversations we just posted and people get on the chat rooms 41,000 hours of conversations Muslims not hits not likes one of them was a medical doctor. He, come, he came online just to ask, how do I get baptized? We found out that he's reading the Bible. I was in, I was in a city called Cleveland, Ohio. I'm meeting with Abdullah in Iraqi. I'm talking to him. So we opened the Bible. I'm showing that Jesus can forgive sins. When he told the paralyzed man, get up and walk. And he looks at me and goes, I believe that Jesus is more than a prophet. I thought I was the first guy there. You know? And he said to me, I've been reading the Bible for three months. I said, Would you like to take Jesus as your Savior? He goes, Yes, please pray with me. So I'm praying with him, but that was the first time I met him. But God has already been working. It's already been working. Uh, I was on a flight back from London over the Atlantic. So I sat by this guy, big guy, a Punjabi guy. So we're sitting there, we're talking. And he said to him, What do you do? I said to oh, him, I'm an evangelical minister. He goes, great, I'm so happy you're here. He goes, I just bought, and he pulled, NIV study Bible. I said, where are you coming from? He goes, oh, I've been in America 30 years. I retired. I love America. I'm an engineer. America has been such a good country for me. I went to Pakistan after 30 years for a funeral. And he said, I'm tired from all this jihad and religion and and, uh, politics. So I found a Bible. I don't know how he found what, but he found a Bible. And we started talking about what does it mean to be saved, what does it mean, how we know the Bible is not changed. See, you think you're the first person. You're not. God is already before us. And he wants us to be part of the seed sowing, part of the conversation. That reason feedback is important because sometimes we need to listen. I was doing a training and this sweet lady, after I was doing the training, she comes up, she goes, my neighbor is a Somali who saw her own father tied to the bumper of the car dragged till he died. And she goes, how can I share the gospel? I said, sister, we are gonna share the gospel. But first, let's listen. She just told you a traumatic experience. How would you feel seeing your own father being dragged down the street till he dies? So I said, read it for her Psalms. Begin the conversation that Jesus is with her. And Jesus understands the pain. And it's important that we, as the followers of Christ, as the ambassadors of Jesus, always to think, what would Jesus say? What would Jesus do to that person? And when you look at this model, it helps. Because now you're not in a hurry. <laughs> like an extrovert like me. I slow down. Like Wait a second. Lord, listen. Listen. What is going on? It's not already. Let's start about the gospel. Um, <laughs> one guy said to me, the way he shares the gospel, he puts a feature. Turn or burn. He gave me he gave me a, he gave me a pamphlet when you go outside there's a lot of materials please take whatever you like use it it's training materials but he, had a, he gave me a pamphlet that says 10,000 degrees that, that hell hell the temperature in hell is more than 10,000 degrees okay great thank you very much is that the message of Jesus but Jesus says come to me i am the way the truth the life it's amazing how we miss out how Jesus wants us to be His ambassador. Uh, One more uh, slide that will help us understand what does it mean to do the mission God gave us? What does it mean that we're an ambassador? What does it mean that we are fulfilling the great commission? Is sometimes we talk to people there on a journey. Many times people are just curious. It's okay, they might not get saved today. It's okay, you're sowing the seed, you're watering the seeds, okay. Maybe they have a question on Trinity. Maybe they have a question on sons of Christ. Maybe they have a question on baptism. Once I was talking to Hassan, Hassan is a chef, and a uh, Persian chef, very good chef. I was in his, his restaurant in uh, Sacramento, California. His first question, oh, you're Christian? He said, yeah. He goes, you're a minister? He said, yes. He said, why do Christians worship the wooden crucifix? I said, what? He goes, every church I go, they have like a crucifix. You guys worship the cross. I said, no, <laughs> we don't worship the cross. It's an image to remind us that Jesus rose from the dead. But in his mind, he thought that's what we do, that we come and we worship an idol. Sometimes it's a silly question. So always be ready that the curiosity might lead to a conversation, and then there is a point of decision. Our sister Faye, when she made the decision, it was not easy. She had struggles, she had uh, uh, issues, but God used that to have continued growth. She's now sharing with others. So to bring this to conclusion, I'm going to give you five keys on how we implement this. You know, this is, this is the keys for the car. I can't drive that car without keys. To be able to implement the five things I would like to impart to you this morning that I learned that might help us, and I'll give some examples. The first one is pray for people. Talk to God about the person before you talk to the person about God. Pray for them by name doesn't matter if they're related to you or not. Pray for them by name. Pray that God puts them in a situation where they can hear the gospel. That is your role and my role. To implement the message God gave us. So stop by prayer. One of our team members is serving in a city in the United States. And she meets a lot of Muslim immigrants, especially students. So she had this student... She would call just every couple of weeks just to check. And she would call. And this, this student is a Muslim. And she would be so mad. Every time she calls, why are you calling me? Why are you calling me now? She said, I just want to say hi. I'm sorry. She goes two weeks, three weeks. Three months later, she felt while she's driving that she should call this young lady. She called and said, hey, how are you doing? She goes, would you come to my house right now? She said, okay. She drove to her house. She goes in. She goes, every time you call me is the day after when I just had a dream about Jesus. Jesus was there before. This Muslim lady is having dreams about Jesus. So please pray. You don't know what God is doing. Uh, uh, when, uh, one believer had a, um, a refugee move to the next door, and they're from the Middle East, and they live in a small quarter, small room, not much, and he started praying for him, for his neighbor, he sees him. So suddenly they connected one day, they started talking. Out of the blue, the Muslim immigrant said to the believer, he said, uh, I had a dream about Jesus about 10 years ago. Is there a Bible? Can you get me a Bible? He said, yeah, this is a free country. I'll give you a Bible. So he got him a Bible. This man became a believer and got baptized secretly without telling his wife. Men don't do that. <laughs> so he didn't tell his wife. Well, a couple of months passed by, and his wife said to him, you've changed. What's going on? So... He confessed that he got baptized secretly and she was so mad, she hit the roof, as you say in America. She was so mad, she put a string in the middle of the room. It's a small room, there's not much. Small room, put a blanket and said to him, you're a kafir. You sleep on this side, I sleep on this side. Nine months later, she comes to church and asks the minister to baptize her. And the minister says, why do you want me to baptize you? She said, I know my husband before Jesus, And I know my husband after Jesus, my brother, my sister, when you pray, God moves. Um, We were at a um, Somali daycare in uh, Minnesota. We had a mission trip there and uh, we just dispersed and we went to this uh, Somali daycare to kind of help them, play with the kids, you know, clean stuff. So I walk in and there's these kids running everywhere and they make the girls, the young ladies, put hijab. So they're like six, seven, nine. They're running around and their hijab is flapping like Superman's cape, you know? So they're running around and I see this young man, thin beard, white robe, standing. I said, "Salam Alaikum, Salaam Alaikum I said, my name is He goes, my name is Abdullah. I said, what do you do? He goes, I go to school at the University of Minnesota but every Friday they ask me to come here to teach the little kids about Islam. I said to him, well, how's it going? He goes, look at them, they're like monkeys, I can't keep them together. <laughs> so I saw that he had an iPhone, and I showed him my iPhone. I said, you know, I have the Quran on my iPhone. He goes, yeah, me too. He showed me his phone. He's got the iPhone, so oh, that's great. I said, did you know there's a Bible app? He goes, there is? I said, yeah, here's my Bible app. Would you like me to put the Bible app on your phone? He said, yeah. So I took his phone and look It's a free country. (laughs) So it's downloading. He says to me, um, some people say the Bible has been changed. I said to him, Astaghfirullah. In Arabic, Astaghfirullah means God forgive you for blasphemy. I said to him, Astaghfirullah, brother, if all the Americans got together to change God's word, who will win? God or the Americans? He goes, God will win. I said, so those people who tell you that God's word can be changed, they don't understand religion, they don't understand faith. No one can change God's word. Right there, it opened. I said, hey, would you like to read? I said, yeah. I said to him, do you want me to move it to Somali? He goes, no, no, I was born in Columbus, Ohio. I can't read Somali, but I can speak it. I said, okay, great, let's put it into English. So he was reading John chapter 15, where Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. You cannot live the Christian walk. I cannot live the Christian walk. Only when Jesus lives in us, lives in us. This is dead hanging in the closet, but it came here because I wore it. Same thing, you cannot live the the Christian life, you cannot live for Jesus without him living in you. So pray, you can pray. Second is ask questions. Give you some questions that will help. Always ask them, what do you mean by that? With Hassan, I asked him, like, what do you mean w- why we worship the crucifix? What is that? I wanted to understand. Many times we est- uh, 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 judge the person before we hear what do they mean by that question. We were at a student gathering, international student gathering, and I met a Senegalese student, and we're talking, and she said to I me, mean, you Christians worship three gods. I said, we do? She goes, yeah, we worship three gods. I said, what three gods? She goes, you know, God the father, Mary the mother, and Jesus the baby. I said, sorry, you just insulted, you know, two billion Christians. <laughs> we don't believe there was any sexual act, you know? And so she said, well, what do you mean by Jesus, the son of God? And I had to, I got to explain to her that Jesus is the word of God become flesh. And that's how we share. But ask questions. Another question that would be a good question is, how do you know it's true? Oh, how do you know it's true? Talking to Kamal, a Shia, he said to me, uh, I don't want to read the Bible because the Bible hasn't changed. I said, well, how do you know that's true? How do you know it's been changed? Have you read it? He goes, no. My father told me. I said, did your father read it? He goes, no. I said, who told your father? He goes, grandpa told him. I said, did grandpa read the Bible? No. So many times ask them, how do you know it's true? How do you know this is factual? And then what happens if you're wrong? When I share my testimony. I grew up in a Christian home, but during the civil war, my best friend, Walid died at age 18. I had so much hate for people. There was mess around us, bombing every day. And I said to myself, there's no God. And I was like an atheist and know, saying, I don't want to believe in God. And somebody asked me, where do you go when you die? They asked me a question, it's a question. Where do you go when you die? I said to them, I don't believe there is a God. I don't believe in heaven and hell. He said, well, what if you're wrong? What if there is a God? Whoops. You know, then it's a problem, you know. And I went to agnostic, basically. And then from agnostic, started reading scripture and fell in love with our Savior, Jesus, and made a commitment to follow Jesus. But the power of questions always helps, always moves the conversation. Bible verses, a Syrian refugee ran away from Syria to Lebanon and she's in a tent with her family. She taught Quran and Islam in, in school. She saw the Christians bringing food and gifts and taking care of the refugees. She asked for a Bible. She said to me, I started reading the Bible and get to Matthew five. I fell in love with the teachings of Jesus. She made a commitment to follow Christ. The Bible is powerful. So give it also a gift. Sometimes the gift could be a Bible. My friend Ali, he got a Bible three years later, he became a believer. My friend Hossam al-Din did 16 times pilgrimage to Mecca. He started reading the Bible and he became a believer. Always trust God, expect the results, expect results is the final thing. So these are our keys as we do ministry. Always start with prayer. It's okay, it's all right. You don't have to run ahead of God. I usually pray this prayer and be careful. Don't pray this prayer if you're not ready. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm ready to share about you. You open the discussion. And you'll be shocked how God opens the discussion. We were in uh, the city of Madrid. Uh, we're walking. My buddy was uh, from Indiana. I had a backpack. We're walking down the street, just doing prayer walking. I had a backpack with Bibles in Arabic. And I see a little kid on a bicycle. He looks like my son. I'm like man, they might be Arabs. So I see his father. Yeah, assalamu alaykum, wa alaikum assalam. His name is Khalid. I said, my name is Fahad. And it was during Ramadan. So he looks at me. He goes, Fahad, uh, are you fasting during Ramadan? I usually do a special fast, biblical fast. I said, yes. He said to me, oh, you're fasting? Uh, I said, yes. I said, how are you are fasting? I said, well, I can't tell you. He goes, why you cannot tell me? I said, well, Jesus says in the Bible, when you fast, you're not supposed to tell anybody. He goes, the Bible says that? I said, yeah. He goes, when Muslims fast, CNN covers it. So my, my buddy was getting the backpack and goes, ask him. In, in English, I said, ask him, do you want a Bible? So he said, would you like an Injil? Injil is the Arabic word for New Testament. He said, would you like an Injil? He goes, yeah. I want to see what does Jesus say about fasting. So it's, sometimes it's, Jesus is already ahead of us. You All you do is ask. 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 And the reason I'm sharing with you about expecting results, because Matthew 28, 18 and 20, the mission that God gave us, Jesus says at the end, and I am... With you, not I'm sending you, I'm going home. Jesus says, I am with you. The one who's finishing the harvest, who's the one who's doing, finishing the Great Commission is our Savior and Messiah, Jesus. He's just inviting us. He's inviting us. Wouldn't it be great to meet brothers and sisters who come from other religions, faith, uh, two days ago, sorry, four days ago, at lunch with a Buddhist brother who became a believer. His dad chased him with a knife when he got saved. So yes, there is persecution, but God is with us. My brother, my sister, God is speaking to you this morning. Maybe there's some of us here, God is calling to go overseas. I know it's a tough decision, but Jesus is with you. And maybe God's telling you just... Have some courage and cross the street because somebody moved next door who probably will never be able to go to their country, but they're right here now. In Revelation 7.9, it says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation. You know, when you start start something for God, a lot of people want to tell you, (laughs) <laughs> it won't work. One guy said to me, oh, you can't do ministry in America. Your name is Fouad. Nobody can say Fouad. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so now I learned more English. When I'm in Texas, I say howdy, you know. So <laughs> Jesus gave us a promise right there that one day, every nation, every tribe, one person said to me, there'll be two Pakistanis, five, uh, five Hindus. No, it says there'll be a multitude. My brother, my sister, if you believe... You act. And I came to America, and I saw this bridge. I didn't drive on it. Maybe anybody drove on the Chesapeake Bay Tunnel Bridge. Oh, man. If you believe this bridge can hold you, you drive on it. God bless America. (laughs) Guys, do you you know this is into the Atlantic? If you're from California, the Atlantic is pretty big, okay? Not not, not everything is the Pacific. It goes under the water. 17.6 miles. Americans, when they put their mind to do something, they do it. If I say I have faith in the bridge, I drive on the bridge. If you say, I believe I'm an ambassador for Jesus. I believe that one day there'll be millions, that one day every knee will bow. Please, take a step. Shall we pray together? No one judges anyone, please. We have all fallen short of the kingdom of God. Abba Father, we thank you that you love us so much that you sent Jesus to be our redeemer. Thank you that through him, we can call you Abba. Thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit that gives us a passion to obey Jesus and a compassion for others. Lord, give us courage. Give us grace. Give us joy in this journey. You said when we see these things happen, lift up your head and rejoice because your names are written in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus. And we pray today that you bless the people around us who don't know you, bless them with the true blessing of knowing Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, what?